Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting, and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day of our mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you. Have the best day ever. Hey team, today's podcast episode is sponsored by Beam, B-E-A-M. They are a CBD company. Brett and I have both been trying CBD for quite some time and have really fallen in love with Beam as a brand. I specifically use Beam for recovery from stressful and hard workouts. After I climb, my elbows and wrists get sore, so I will spread the solve around those specific areas. And after a long run, I definitely like to use the tincture to relax my muscles, help aid in recovery so I can go hard at it the next day. Brett and I are always on the go, so I'm using the Beam's uh, CBD protein bars, which are amazing. They're both vanilla and chocolate. Um, always have a couple in my backpack, and I also use the tincture a lot. So I use Beam and CBD a lot for sleep, um, which really helps my mind recover and start to calm down before I'm going to bed. Beam is all-organic, pharmaceutical-grade, full-spectrum CBD. So in each one of their protein bars, there's about 20 milligrams of this full-spectrum CBD oil. The salves come in different potencies and CBD in general helps balance mood, reduce anxiety, increase muscle recovery amongst a ton of other benefits. And what exactly does that mean? Being 100% THC free means that there are no psychoactive side effects in any of their CBD, while full spectrum includes other natural compounds like cannabinoids and terpenes that help support the benefits of CBD. If you're looking to test out CBD and want to give Beam a try, check out their website to purchase some of their amazing products and make sure you use code LIVEBETTER at checkout to receive a discount. We'd love to hear about what you guys are using, how this stuff is helping and aiding you in recovery, in sleep, or whatever way in which you are using it in order to have the best day ever. Check out beamtlc.com and enter the code LIVEBETTER. What's up, family? End of 2019 Live Better podcast. Jason and Brett here, and we are reflecting on a year that was. A year of weddings. Is that what your year was defined as? Your year was defined as 14 weddings. 14 weddings, two retreats, trips, marathons, books. Insanity. Awesome year. It's crazy that the year is finally coming to an end, and um, the last podcast we put on was about the direction for 2020 and I think it's important to spend some time thinking about what you want to do next year Um, and it's also really important to reflect on what you did what you didn't do what you thought you were going to do how you did it and then most importantly why you did it so it's super important to understand 
um, and really look back at things that you were striving towards that you didn't accomplish, things that you might have thought you were going to do, um, as well as some things that you did accomplish. I think it's, imp it's important to do both ends of the spectrum. So today we're going to run through uh, reflecting on our own years uh, personally from a business perspective and just take some time so that when you're done listening to this, you can really think about your year and understand how you can make 2020 even better than 2019. So Jay, you had a bunch of weddings. Um, bunch of weddings. Let's hear about that. Let's hear about some of the, the personal stuff, and then we'll go back and forth there, and then we could dive into Live Better Time. All right, yeah, personal stuff. Uh, definitely framed by travel and weddings for sure. We had 14 weddings this year. We have 12 more next year. Um, you need less friends. Less friends. It was really fun, though, because I had a lot of really close friends and family get married. So we had four low big weddings in under a 12-month calendar year. Um, two this year, my brother and my cousin, who I'm also super close with. And then I had several like really close friends get married, and those weddings were all over the place. Kansas City, Colorado, L.A. twice, Boston, all over the place. And, you know, everybody complains. You're like, oh, I got to travel around. And they, they do cost a fair bit of money to attend. But it's also just really fun, like, getting to repay the favor because all of those people came to mind. And I think it's just super fun to see somebody, like, walk down the aisle. It's the most one of the most important days, if not the most important day of their lives. And it's just such a fun celebration. And now I'm even more thankful because our friends are so spread out. My friends live in New York, in L.A., in San Francisco, um, and in Texas. And now it's excuses like a wedding to bring everybody back. Like we shouldn't need one, but it's just getting more and more difficult, obviously, as life gets busier and people have things going on and families are being built now that these weddings just give you this concentrated dose of like automatic fun. <laughs> um, so weddings. And then we had a ton of travel at the end of this year. Um, I felt like every time I was home this whole year, it's just been like a huge sprint to like get things done, pack a ton of work in. And then we were training for the marathon the entire time. It was like a whirlwind. I think this year's probably been the most fun, but also flown by the fastest of any year of my whole life. And I kind of thought that that was how it felt the year after we quit our job. So four years ago, three years ago in 2017, I guess. But this year, I think, may have gone, like, even quicker than that. I feel like we got home from one trip, and it was just, like, prepping for the next one with clients. And then we had a ton of awesome Nike stuff pop up. We got to teach yoga on the 50-yard line at Texas. And it was just, like, a whirlwind of jumping between, like, weddings for that travel, coming back home, teaching classes at Barry's. Um, it was a fun year. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those years where, like, just scrolling through my Instagram, looking at pictures and through my photos, it was like, how can all of that have fit in one year? I have no idea. And we're still, still sitting here. So you mentioned a bunch of travel that we did together, but we also did a bunch of personal travel. And um, I think the year was wrapped up. And it was super interesting, I think, because this was the first time, and, and I know we both trained for it, but this was the first time for me that throughout a you know a hectic year or a bunch of stuff scheduled in, which I like to use the word scheduled more than busy, because I think busy is an excuse. Scheduled means you actually know what you're doing. A very scheduled year, um, being able to set a goal. And I was really thinking about this before we hopped on about how I haven't set a physical goal like a marathon actually ever in my life. 
So I've trained for things like making sports teams or some other races and things like that, but never to the extent of this. I mean, this was the most dialed in I've ever been on any sort of training endeavor. And I look at that and I'm like, okay, there was weekends where I was in Cincinnati and I had to run 18 miles and I walk outside and I'm like, this might be De- might as well be Denver with these freaking hills. So I'm going out there just grinding, being like, I got to get these miles in, got to get these miles in. My 22-miler was up in Wisconsin, again, a little bit hilly. And it was like, you know what? I'm here for this day. My training journey has this scheduled. I have to go do it. So I think it was interesting just to show, at least like personally, that when you set a goal and you have something with a f- finite date attached to it, and you backtrack and you have to accomplish this by then, this by then, this by then. If you do that, regardless of the scenario, you can get to, to that goal. And I think that's one thing that is going to help me a lot translate to things like running our business, um, things like personal and family goals is I need to set more finite dates for things, even if it's not a race, so that I understand how much work it's going to take to get to that point. And now that I've done that and really put in that effort, and it was interesting because every day is a variable effort necessarily for running a marathon. Some days you run for 30 minutes, some days you run for two hours, some days you lift, some days you stretch, but every single thing you do is for that specific goal. So that marathon was a very interesting part of this year because if you removed the marathon, the year was still crazy. And then you have to layer in that you're putting toward putting in that much effort um, it was it was pretty cool, and I think it was interesting, like you said, because this year really reflected for me the year that we kind of started Live Better, because in that year, I got married, I moved into a condo, and I quit my job. So like those three things happening in one year is like, oh my gosh, and then this year was very similar. I got a dog, we ran a marathon, I didn't even count how many days I was gone, but it was probably like over 100. Um, we ran two retreats, we did a bunch of corporate wellness stuff, I think it's just super interesting to take time to like look back at that year because then you can really see everything that you did be proud of that um and also just understand how like some goals like the marathon you know was accomplished but then some weren't as well what did you think didn't go well so it's interesting i was looking back uh, i got my stack of my monthly goals here um, as well as my yearly goals and i look back at so the first sheet i have right here is my 2019 goals. And the slogan I had for me was the year of the voice. Um, At the beginning of last year, I was really honed in on learning to sing because it's something that's a big weakness of mine. It's like me in the shower and that's it. Um, And I was super excited. (laughs) You're right. And and it was so funny because now I reflect on this for how a lot of people handle their fitness or their wellness goals is you have this level of excitement, but again, you don't have like an actual goal or something that is really driving you. And so for me, it was like for the first three months of the year, I was taking a voice lesson, I was practicing on my own, I was doing all this stuff, and then it just started to fall off. So for me, it's really looking back and saying, okay, the stuff that I really write down, the things that I do, I actually really need to have like a desire to do that. If it's some like frivolous like thing that I just want to practice or do on the side, that's okay too, but also just let that be that. So if my thing for 2019 was just take one voice lesson a month and just let that happen. That would have, for me at least, would have been way easier. And I probably would have done that as opposed to being like, this is my year to like learn how to sing and like become this big, you know, big part of my life. Um, So that was one thing for sure. Um, Another thing very similar to that is, and I've had this goal for like the last couple years is to work on my handwriting. And I have a stack of papers again on the desk that I 
crushed at the beginning of the year, and then it started to fall off again. So for me, it's really just like looking at what I want to accomplish and truly just being really dialed in for myself to say, okay, when the excitement runs off, do I have the discipline to do this goal? And marathon was something I did because at the end of the day, the excitement of going out and running for three hours might have not been there, but I knew if I didn't do that, when I towed the line in October, I wasn't going to get to my goal. So for me personally, it's very much a year of looking back on and reflecting on things that I did, things that I didn't do, and why did I really not do those? And it comes back to that, like, to that word right there, the, the why. And the why behind those two things were, for example, handwriting and my voice were more just like fun than truly something I like had a deep passion to do. And um, I definitely accomplished a lot of things, so I'm cool with it. And I really want to reflect before I start this year, because I think this is a huge turning point year just in my personal life, in our business life, to make these goals things that I'm going to really have the discipline to finish. What about you? Yeah, that's good. Um, I feel like what didn't go well was just staying organized in between crazy projects. It was like things that we set out to do at the beginning of the year, things that I set out to do at the beginning of the year, then um, totally just were at the mercy of like new work that came up, new projects that came up, which I think it, it makes it really hard to say no to stuff if you're always trying to evaluate priorities on like an ongoing basis because so much new is coming in. That is always really difficult for me because I feel like I have these great breakout things. Like running for the marathon was a, was an easy thing to do because you could always carve out time and you could do that no matter where you traveled to. Um, it was something that was already baked into my life being like, okay, I'm automatically going to have dedicated time for fitness and that's a part of my lifestyle. I can completely empathize if it's not, but I'm sure that the same person that's not exercising also has that same discipline for doing something else, whether that's, say that's music, for example. Somebody that might be really, really interested is really great at playing the guitar. Maybe it's a part of their profession is dedicating time to play the guitar. You know, we're running, so we're dedicating time to running and being in the gym. And that's kind of a non-negotiable no matter where you're going. I want to create a, a fewer number of non-negotiables and then stick to them and don't let things that are new and like shiny that come in distract me from that. Because the problem that I got into and I think why marathon training went well is I was willing to give up all those other things that came in. Like I wasn't mountain biking over the summer. I wasn't surfing a ton as we got nearer to marathon date. Uh, I wasn't rock climbing a bunch. I wasn't doing a ton of yoga. So like all of my time was spent and directed around running. And then that ends up going well because you're giving it so much focus. And to that point, like I felt like I did a lot of things okay to well, but nothing like really great because I just didn't keep focused on that. For instance, just like keeping like my finances, super organized. I always go in with this great plan of being like, I'm going to save this much. This is what I'm going to spend money on. I'm going to be really disciplined about not buying this or not buying that. 
And then you end up getting so busy, you're kind of just like, oh, fuck it, I'll just buy this or I'll just buy that. Like, oh, I'm traveling, I need this, I needed that. But it was really just sort of like poor planning, not not coming up with that. And it's because like a trip got slotted in in between 10 other work projects and four other weddings. And you were like, oh, crap, now I have to do this. And now I'm paying for it, like in terms of time and money, because you didn't you weren't disciplined around like getting that done early, staying organized, saying no to things that you don't have the time and capacity to take on. So I think it's thinking about the things that I can do less of, but better going into next year. I think um, one of them is spending more quality time writing and taking out other frivolous time during my day so that I can have disciplined times of the day where I feel energetic enough to just like sit down and be creative and write. Um, that's a big thing that I think will then carry over to writing things like Wake Up Wednesday, uh, adding more to social media. I think that's always a big thing for me is I just like don't really love it. I don't really love having to interact with Instagram and doing it, but I think it is a great platform to like share a lot of information and engage with other people. And it's not something that I've ever dedicated time to. It's always been just like, you know, on the on a whim or um, we've been doing something and I get a photo, so I just post it. Um, but really taking some dedicated time to like think about stuff like that is just not something I gave any priority or time to this year. Um, but I want to next year. It's just like having more, and we, we talked about this in the goals for next year, but having more dedicated time to be creative. If I were to reflect back on this year, I let too many task-oriented things that I didn't spend disciplined or dedicated time around overtake the time that I would have had to do those creative things. So I think if I were to look back, it's just like I wrote down, um, like commit to times of peace. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Instead of everything, just being like a freaking war zone all the time, being like, well, I got to train this client, teach this class, then I got to run out of town for this trip and I'm gone for a one day and then I'm home tomorrow. It's just like, quit overbooking all of this stuff and like commit to downtimes of peace where I can like find some peace alone, find some peace like in my relationship to spend more time just with Emily or with friends or with family and then spend more times of peace down with like the business so that we can sit down and like really create and think about doing good deep quality work rather than just like signing things and shooting them out the door. Um, and then in those times, that will recharge for when the inevitable, like, four trips in a row happen mm -hmm. instead of just kind of getting bounced around from one to the other. Yeah, to, to piggyback off that, um, again, and this is one of my big things for next year was process. And so I look back at 2019 and I look back at my goals, which I'm proud that I was able to put up and accomplish a lot of them. Um, I really love putting out the monthly goals on Instagram and one just to put that out there so that it inspires others to think the same way, but it also creates some social responsibility for me to do them. And I look back at the ones that I really did well on and it's so funny. It's like, I, I also, when I create these goals, I make this like Excel sheet of the month and I put different things I have to do on certain days. So one goal that I did accomplish was to figure out how to do the Rubik's cube and like it's again, like a dumb goal, but it honestly, for me is one of those things where I'm very bad at memorizing. I'm not the best like learner at all. So for me, it was just like reps and reps and reps and reps. And now you can give me one and 
in three minutes I could figure it out. So the way that I did that, though, was very similar to the way in which I started my entire goal setting a few years ago, which was around handstands, which was practicing 10 minutes a day. And so when I set that goal up, it took me a little bit longer than I thought to do, but I had a calendar and I checked off every day that I did it. And for me to see that check mark, and I use a highlighter, so to see that, you know, February 6th, 10 minutes, highlight it, boom, highlight it works the best for me. So one of the things I'm doing this month is creating all of those calendars for the whole year, printing them off, having them ready so that it doesn't come up and it's like, oh gosh, it's January 28th and I didn't create my thing and now I gotta go in and do it. It's like, as long as I have those ready and it's like so simple and so like rudimentary, but for me, having that actual physical calendar to check off helps me accomplish my goals. So looking back on this year, realizing the months I didn't write those out, the, even though I accomplished some of the things I wanted to do, I definitely didn't do them as well. The marathon, I had every single day planned out for months prior. I'm going to do this run. I'm going to do this workout. I'm doing this daily mobility. And I checked those off. I was about 90% on that. And the result was great. So if I can just hold myself accountable to that in regards to things like you said, like business, and for me, it's like very much morning and evening routine. When those things work really well for me, my entire day is 10x more productive. And one of the other big things on, on top of that, which was I think my main, like the one thing that helped me in regards to productivity, and it's a simple thing, was meal prep to quit my job because it was like created so much less wasted time. And even if it was five minutes to go pick something up from Sweetgreen and then 10 minutes on the other side, if I brought that out over a year, it was hours and hours of time and that decision fatigue. So that's going to be like one of my staples for this year is like creating these processes around things. I know that when I look back over last year, two years, three years ago, like these were my staples. This is what got me to leave my job to be able to do this. And now I feel like we're in the next phase of like, how do we expand? You know, how do we bring on people to help us? How do we create process so we can say no to more things than we say yes to? And for me, it's just coming back and having my personal processes down so that when I'm here working, or like you said, when I'm in my relationship, I am fully present there because I'm not like worried about all the other shit. I'm not thinking about other things that might come up. You just already know. And that to me is like a reflection on this year, but also years past and experiences that we've had for sure. Um, so looking at, at the last year, what were some of the, or some of your favorite moments? Ooh. Um, the per, um, on the personal side, definitely watching my brother and my cousin get married. Those were two really, really like special, cool things. Um, the two retreats that we hosted, one was in Tulum, and the second one in El Salvador, both were, it was our first full year of like what I thought was our just like most solid organized trip. Um, Hawaii was super fun. Um, this year I raced three, well, really four distances I never had before. Shamrock Shuffle was a five mile. I did that for my first half marathon, my first marathon and hood to coast. So the Ragnar in Portland so was so fun. <laughs> that um, was awesome. Teaching yoga at the 50-yard line and the Texas Stadium. Um, other work stuff that was just super cool. Helping out with Nike yoga. 
doing the pop-up for the Dick Sporting Goods collab where we brought high school teams in and like just teaching younger girls, which I think also moved into us starting to teach more in CPS for fitness, meditation, and yoga. It was just like a really special sort of like full iteration where we just it was like, well, we've been doing this for adults. Somebody asked us to do it for high school. And then we just got kicked into like what the mission we set out to do in the first place just all kind of came to fruition at once. Um, what else? Snuck in a Paris trip, snuck in a couple of New York trips. It's just like, I, I've realized that I, when I reflect back on how I spend my time, like I crave novelty through travel um, and I love travel when it's, and I love, I love like my, my personal time to be spent either like extremely social or like very alone. And I don't have like a middle ground that I love to be in. So when I go on social trips, when I'm traveling, like I love to be around friends. I love to be working and doing things while I'm traveling. And then while I'm alone, I really like periods of chunks of time where I get to like be alone, organize my thoughts, write, read, and do those things. Like that's meaningful to me. Um, and I like how travel kind of breaks that up. Like just even getting the time on a plane. I spent so much time on a plane this year. I just realized how much I actually enjoy like thinking and working, just kind of being stuck in a plane seat, which is a time that I used to hate. I'm like, kind of like driving. I was like, this is such a waste of time. Like I, I, I don't like this. And now I love it because you're just kind of sitting there with that white noise like this is your alone time. And you get a few hours of it at a time where like your phone doesn't work. You're not checking anything. Um, so I've kind of realized that I really like that give and take on what travel provides me. And it also provides me an outlet to be like social and then get some time to spend on my own. So it was like a, it was a pretty cool year of experiential travel, different travel I got to take. Um, and then some like very fun personal moments. Emily got a promotion and a new job, which is really, really important to her. Um, so it was, a, it was a cool year. It was a like, really good year of transition and new things, new challenges. It was good. How about you? Yeah, um, I won't reiterate everything you said, so I'll try to do some, some different things. Um, personal stuff, I mean, getting Theo was incredible. Uh, he's the goat. <laughs> um, and I think um, on top of that, it was interesting because before getting, I never had a dog growing up, um, and I kind of semi-adopted Sarah's family dog because I loved Bosco so much, and um, he passed away um, around um, this time last year. So that was really tough um, on me personally, which I was actually you know, not really expecting it to be as hard as it was. So to see a dog come into my life and just realize the... Um, value of uh, of having a dog, um, of raising something, of training something um, was and has been just like so special and he's just incredible and he's definitely been like a really cool part of Sarah and I's relationship because we've grown to like with him and, and see him grow and it's just like super special like just having more responsibility like either <laughs> makes you or breaks you so that was awesome. Uh, Sarah and I did some really cool trips. We got to see you guys in Paris. Uh, we went on a safari, also something that you guys have done. Uh, that was a super cool trip for us. Um, I give mad kudos to Sarah because she's super scared of bugs and there was a lot of bugs there. So we got to um, travel and see some amazing places um, together, which is something, like you said, is, is a really important piece of me personally and, and of our relationship. Um, 
And then some other things I think which were um, personal too was I had a very tough time breathing. So I made the choice to get surgery on my nose. And I did that like kind of right before, like almost right in the middle of like serious marathon training. So it was like one of those things where it was like, I need to get this done. And I could not be happier that I did that um, because now I can breathe out of my nose. Uh, it was also affecting my um, oral hygiene a lot because I breathed through my mouth when I slept. So I had a bunch of cavities and all this stuff that I didn't know where it was stemming from. And that was definitely the issue. So that was one thing that, um, you know, I just took that upon myself and from the advice of multiple people. And I saw a bunch of different doctors and all of that was something that was, was a big step for me. And I think, you know, having to reflect on understanding how you need to treat your body and understanding that, you know, your body might not be where it needs to be. And there's a bunch of different ways to solve that was, was huge. Um, sub three hour marathon was something for me that was an incredible accomplishment. Never ran that distance. I remember around this time last year, I went on like a seven, eight mile run and I was like, man, that was, that was hard. So to, to be able to do that, accomplish that, beat that by like 30 seconds was like the most gritty thing I think I've ever done in my life. Um, a couple other things that were really special to me, I think the books I read this year were super defining. Um, and I got a list here. Some of them that I loved were infinite game, which I just finished, um, dare to lead zero to one can't hurt me. The war of art power of moments, which has been one that we've gifted to countless people, the rise of Superman, which is incredible being mortal, start with why, um, a lot of these books were the alchemist, which I read every year were so defining. I mean, those are some of the books now that I look back and I feel like I read them five years ago because of how much I pull from them um, strategically and how much I recommend people to read them and um, how Ways Live Better has grown because of some of those books. So I think reading has been huge. Um, again, that's something I'm not the best at, so it just takes me time to, to work on. Um, and then other things, I think, from a business perspective was getting our office. And I think one thing that that showed was that you and I just needed a space to come to and have it to be ours, to be more productive. And we can already see how that's paying dividends from a perspective of, like you said, honing in on the things that we really want to do. And it's simply because we have like whiteboards on the wall that we can just keep there and say, these are the things we're working on. <laughs> these are the things we need to finish. And it's just nice to have a space to come back to and like leave your shit and know that it's there and put calendars on the wall and have people in to have coaching conversations with. And so that was a big thing for us, I think, from a business perspective was just having our space. So overall, the year was, was awesome, um, and there's so many special things that happened, and I, everything that you said, too, um, were, were just some great highlights for the year. Um, when you think of other people looking back on their year, what would you say are a couple like ideas to think about in regards to looking back as opposed to just saying, where were your favorite places you traveled? What were the you know, things like, like really, like we've gone into some things of like, the emotional side and the tactical side, you know, what are some things when you really peel back pairs of layers of the onion that people should, should really reflect on for a year? Um, when we, when we give corporate talks with the, we talk about, a, um, I think it's adapted from a Bill Gates quote. It's like people tend to overestimate what they can do in a day and underestimate what they can do in a year. So, when I was saying like create more peace in my day-to-day -day life, it's like create blocks and times of peace. What I really mean is just getting organized to create some 
day-to-day consistency and not try and mash everything in every day, but just understand that doing fewer things better actually will add up to more success over the length of a year. So busyness, as you suggested, is a little bit lazy, I think, and because we don't have control over our schedule. We just add things to it thinking that more is better when in fact better is better. It's not necessarily more, and it's a funny if you translated that into the gym, if more was better, people would just spend hours in the gym, but it's not. It's doing the effective things efficiently and not spending all of your time there because a lot of it actually needs to be spent in recovery mode. So if we give this like a wellness anecdote, you need to work intensely for periods of time over time on a consistent basis with a heavy and equal dose of recovery also. So we can't think that just jamming more stuff into our day is better. We're capable of handling a lot of work because we take care of ourselves physically and mentally. So when I'm reiterating what we do for a job and how much stuff we've jammed into a year, I also feel like I'm capable of handling that much. And that is a personal reflection for me. So I would say when you go back, think about what did you do too much of that was unnecessary? Where did you waste time? I think it's first before you think about adding things for next year, what can you subtract from this year? And that then leads you to reflection number two, should I fill that with something else or should I leave that as slack in the system? If you don't leave any slack or any free time or any downtime that you actively schedule, then when fun things come up, you have no time to do it. When somebody asks you to go to dinner or somebody asks you to go to lunch or somebody asks you for a really important personal favor, if you've jam-packed your schedule and you have all these commitments, like you can't help. And I'm not saying to like forego opportunities because you're like, oh, well, well, maybe something better will come along. It's more what's necessary, what's unnecessary, and can we cut some of that fluff out so you have more energy to deal with things that come up. For me, I just added those things on top of an already busy schedule, so I felt like I didn't get a ton of time to recover. I felt like I had enough time to do the things that I said yes to, but I didn't have the reflection time on the back end after a trip to say, maybe I should not train for like two days and just kind of like sit down and just like let life be for a minute so that I can write down the things that went well go back so that the next time I go back to it, it can be an even better experience. And I think like the leverage you can create from doing that is really, really important. So looking back and saying, what did I do too much of? What did I do that was unnecessary? Where did I waste time? Cut that out. Then say with that open time, say that's a few hours a day even, with that open time, do I want to try and jam something else in there? Maybe should I go take voice lessons one day a week and leave the other three nights as just open time to read. And then if other fun social stuff comes up, you can say yes to it. Or if you develop an interest or if other work comes up, you can say yes to that. Um, Or evaluate like, hey, I didn't do enough. Like, oh, I'm looking back at my schedule and I see that I watched four episodes off of Netflix or I spent all this time watching TV that was like bullshit that I could have been listening to a podcast or just reading even once in a while. Mm -hmm. Like before you start the next season on Netflix, like finish a book, then go watch the season on Netflix, then pick up a next book. And by that time you have an extra book read um, and they're not just piling up. Those podcasts aren't just like queuing up in there. 
um, because you don't feel like you have any time. And I think if you can go back and cut out and subtract from your schedule more than you can add, that might be something that's counterintuitive. Because people are always looking forward to say like, oh, well, what didn't I do this year that I can add for next year? Well, what can you take out from last year and slot that in without adding any more time to your day? Because you have a max amount of hours. You get 24 hours, you don't get any more. So what can you take out? Could you sleep more? Could you spend more time on self-care? Could you spend more time on de-stressing? Like what, are the, what does that look like when you take stuff out? I think that's a, that's a good reflection for going backwards so that you can have more time to look forward. Yeah, I love that. I think um, piggybacking off that again is what I would say when you look back in the year is coming back to your why on everything that you did. So when you're trying to think about some of those things to remove or um, some of the things you did, uh, think about the why. So why did you get up to go to work every single day? Why did you train for the marathon? Why did you get up early some days? Why did you stay out late some nights? Why did you miss a dinner? Why did you overschedule yourself on certain days? Why did you get a promotion? Why did you want the promotion? Um, why did you set a goal that you didn't accomplish? Why did you set a goal that you did accomplish? Really looking at honestly everything you did and whether it's scrolling through your Instagram to, you know, to jar your memory or looking at your journal, really just think about the why. And if the, you can't tell yourself like to yourself, the why is something that's convincing, it's a really good start to look, place to look at to something that you might want to take out. Um, if you said, um, you know, I, I, was, I was going to train for the marathon and then I had all this stuff and then you didn't. Well, why didn't you? Because you didn't have the discipline or you didn't decide to do that. So why was that? Or you did something that you look back on and, you know, you did watch 15 episodes of this show a day or a week. Why'd you do that? And could you have done something differently? That to me is a big thing for me to look back on and saying like, and I was kind of talking about that with like things that I didn't accomplish and it was just, it, it came back down to that why. So really reflecting on the why of what you're doing is super important. And that was the book that I started the year with was Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And if you haven't read that book or seen that TED talk, please do. It is a, it's a game changer for thinking about um, the what that you do do with your life. We have so much time Time is not an excuse. It's just something that people overschedule and, and do too much dumb shit. So think about why you're doing what you're doing. And uh, I think once you do that for 2019, and we have a couple weeks here for, for you to think about that, you can really tee up 2020 to just be lit. So we are signing off here, and 2019 has been incredible. We've got more stuff coming around reflection and goals and, and things coming up to, to get everybody kicked off for 2020. Um, try to not set a New Year's resolution just to set it um, and make sure that you have strategy behind what you're doing and you know why you're doing it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for taking a listen. Hope everyone's 2019 was epic. Think about it. Spend some time reflecting on it personally. Share those reflections with other people if you need that motivation of others and hope you had the best year ever. Happy holidays, homies. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to that amazing episode brought to you by Beam. We're really excited to have you guys test their stuff out. Make sure you check out beamtlc.com and use code livebetter at checkout for a discount.